0: If every woman would know that we give birth to every single being that's here on this earth, wait a minute, because of me, all of this is existing. Your womb is like mother earth. That itself is the first acknowledgement of how powerful my womb is.
1: Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hello, loves, and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. I am So grateful to have you here today. Sorry in advance if I sound a little bit sniffly in this introduction, but I have a little bit of a cold, but I'm feeling a lot better than I have over the last couple of days. And other than that, we are doing great over here. And don't worry, I recorded this beautiful interview ahead of having the sniffles so you don't have to listen to that throughout this beautiful interview because I am joined by somebody very, very special, Natalie Henrich. She encompasses so many beautiful divine things. She is an international tantric practitioner. She's a doctor in oriental medicine. She's a womb healer, sound healer, Reiki master, and even worked as a postpartum doula. So that was interesting for me, obviously with this phase of life that I am in. So Natalie works with supporting men and women to really remember their ancient wisdom and step fully into their divine embodiment. So we, work, we, we talked about the feminine and the masculine energies. Um, we talked about really bringing that womb powerful energy into your business um, and into your life. She shares personal experiences. It's just a really beautiful, open-minded conversation, and I think it's something powerful for all of us women and men to look at. So without further ado, I really believe that this conversation just speaks for itself. Um, I'm so excited for you to get to know this beautiful soul. She has such a positive energy, and she was such a ray of light to speak to. So... Let's dive straight into this conversation with beautiful Dr. Natalie Henrich. such a vibrant energy on the podcast today. Her name is Natalie Henrich. And I've just learned something very fascinating about her that you would never guess. So what is your heritage, Natalie?
0: (laughs) So thank you so much for having me. My heritage is half Korean, half German. So I was born and raised in Germany. So my mom is Korean and my dad is German.
1: And she has this beautiful, vibrant energy of Latina in her and like lives in Miami. And I would have totally guessed you were Latina. So it's so cool to know how diverse your background is. Yeah, I, I have. Oh, my God. I have
0: been like I I was just telling you, like I came to Miami and I was like, this is this is my my tribe. I have to be here, you know, because in Germany, I always felt like I'm different I I don't belong here. I always would think I I don't belong to this country because I love Germany. Don't get me wrong. And I love the way I grew up, but there was something in me that I was missing. So the moment I came to Miami with the Latinos and I I speak Spanish and South, I was like, oh my Mm. God, this is awesome. I need to stay here. So
1: yeah, here I am. I totally resonate with that. I mean, I love England. I love being British, but there was something when I landed in California where I was like, oh, like there's a different energy. I get to be myself. I Felt so like I found my tribe where I could express different parts of myself that maybe I wouldn't have expressed in England. So I really resonate with that. Did you know when you were coming over to Miami what you were seeking, or did it, Miami find you on some level? No, I knew that I
0: want to be in Miami. So I knew already in my 20s that I want to be in Miami. It was very interesting because back in Germany, I studied um banking finance, Mm. which I thought was incredibly boring. So I had a semester abroad and I really wanted to go to Miami and I tried to get to Miami, but the subjects that I needed, the university of Miami didn't offer them. And I was like, ah, so I ended up going to Santa Barbara, which was very nice as well in California, but I knew already I would be going. I just had no idea how am I going to get there? But it was always in my prayer. It was always in my manifestation that I will be Miami at one point in my life
1: yeah that was the same with me it was like my focus became all about manifesting Los Angeles and if you had looked at it from the outside people would have said like you're crazy for thinking you can get this visa and for moving out at this age but you know what made it happen (laughs) manifested (laughs) it (laughs) for sure yes so I cannot also, and I mean this in a positive way, see you in banking and finance, because what is it that you are so passionate about in your life now? (laughs) Oh my God. So now I'm a, I'm a doctor in Chinese medicine. I
0: um, do a lot of tantra and like central feminine empowerment, womb healings, womb empowerment, anything that has to do with central feminine energy so beautiful this is what i'm doing now and sound healing i still do a little bit of sound i originally started with sound healing um which i don't which now i more incorporate into my into my teachings but before it was only sound healing but mm-hmm. so now i have like um mixture of sound and all the healing modalities and some Chinese herbs and Western herbs, not only Chinese, also herbs that grow here, uh, but holistic medicine overall. Mm -hmm. So I made it like, I made it like somehow my own and I made my own teachings with that.
1: I feel relaxed just hearing about all of this. I'm like, can you, can you give me some of that (laughs) vibe, that energy right now? (laughs) Um, How did you transition From being someone who was working in finance to being somebody who is in this magical realm of tantra and divine feminine embodiment.
0: Yeah. Thank you for asking that. It's so interesting because I've never thought, but I, you know, I started banking back then because even in Germany, I didn't really know what I want to do. So the the first couple of years after my, after my high school, I was really like just swimming around Mm. trying to find out Mm. who I am. And um, I had a boyfriend back then and he was a very passionate banker and I, it was more of a status thing, I guess. And I was like, Mm. oh, you get to wear nice clothes and work in nice bags and look good, you know, and I thought that was just my life. And then I applied for the university and somehow I just got into it, but I was so bored. I remember, oh my God, I, I was just talking to my friend the other day and I was like, I was legit sitting sometimes for days in front of my computer and not do anything until I had one of the boss and she called me and says, is anything wrong with you? And then now that I think back, I said, there was nothing wrong with me. It was just that I was so uninspired. I was literally sitting in my chair and wait until I can clock out. It was like crazy. Yeah. So I met my ex-husband, the father of my children in Germany. He is Cuban and he um, was a professional heavyweight boxer. And he had a a very good career in Europe as heavyweight. But he did want to come to Miami because, you know, it's all Cuban here. And it just like at one point he just wanted to come. So back then we still had the law that when you are with a Cuban person or when you're married to a Cuban person that you're going to get the papers basically. So Mm -hmm. um, automatically it applies the same rights apply to you. So we came to Miami and then I was able to stay because eventually we married at, at a couple of years later, and then I was just able to, to be here. And so that's how I came to Miami. And, how I transitioned was because the marriage was very difficult and I lived in domestic violence for many, Mm -hmm. many years with him. And I went through a whole healing journey. Right. So because now I had to address my shadow self, like whatever Mm -hmm. I manifested in this moment, like uh, physically and emotionally, I was just in a very low vibrational place. And it was so bad that at one point I had to take a look at myself. Like I, there was no other way. Right. And so I eventually, after many, many years, started studying Chinese medicine. And through that, I got more, again, into the spiritual realms. And yeah, I, I was introduced to sound healing, one of the students there. And then I met sound healing. And then when I got out of the marriage, I had to heal my womb a lot. So I got introduced to womb healing and to plant medicine and to all these modalities. And so because of my own healing journey, I started teaching it as well. And this is how I transitioned.
1: Mm -hmm. which is I think just one of the most beautiful places to come from as a coach and as a healer when you have the experience when you know what's on the other side and it becomes your why and your mission because you've been through that and you don't want to see other women or maybe you work with men suffer in the same way and I think that that's just a just a gorgeous way to to inspire you and and go after that Mm -hmm. um I think there are a lot of women who would love to hear more about what even womb healing is and what that journey was like. So how would you describe womb healing? Yeah,
0: that's an interesting question. I feel every woman, the moment that you have some sexual encounters and you have at one point, probably you're heartbroken, right? We all go through these typical um, notions in life. At that point, you address or you come into womb healing, you come into healing from energies and sometimes from diseases and oftentimes it comes later because when we are in our younger years oftentimes we're not really aware of it and our body can still keep up with it but as we accumulate experiences with partners and with trauma over time we just develop things in our womb and it's not necessarily heavy things like endometriosis or cancer or fibroids or something like that. It could be even that you have recurrent yeast infections or you have a lot of UTIs or you have a lot of discharge or just a lot of burning, whatever, like little things, you know, where we sometimes like, hmm, something is something is going on in my womb and you don't really know what it is, but really what it is is a distortion of energy. You know, and so this is the moment where I would suggest to look into Womb healing, or maybe not necessarily healing, but like the awareness of the womb.
1: Mm. And that's what I'm fascinated about is the power that is within the womb and the energies around the womb. Because especially as somebody who's pregnant, you know, that's the seat of my life force right now. So I would just love to hear more. Even if you're not experiencing symptoms, how can we as women really tap into the life force that is within there?
0: Mm-hmm. I feel about first really recognizing that the womb is our powerhouse and that we are holding Mm -hmm. the earth in our. Temple in our body. And I think most women are not aware of that. For sure. If every woman would be aware of it, we all would be so much more empowered. Because if every woman would know that we give birth to every single being that's here on this earth,
1: mm-hmm. only
0: the thought itself is so empowering. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> because of me, all of this is existing. So that's the first thought. And just know that your womb is like mother earth. It has water and you plant seeds and it's not only creating life. It also creates creations. It can be amazing creations, something that you want to do with your life or that you have been manifesting, but it can also be like not unwanted creations like disease, right? But you still created it, which is a powerful thing to do. Like if we look at it in a neutral way. So as a woman, knowing that, that I hold that, power inside of me, that I hold the universe, the earth, Mother Gaia in me. And that only by deciding to receive the man, the seed can be nurtured. That itself is the first acknowledgement of how powerful my womb is.
1: Yeah. It's just like, I got chills when you said that. (laughs) on so many levels, because that's what's literally happening inside of me right now. Um, It is the seat of our our creativity. And I think that And on a personal level as well, I think I didn't realize just how powerful and meaningful that was even until my pregnancy, like the transition into loving my body on a whole new level is there. But I don't want women to have to experience pregnancy or go through that journey. And some women don't want to experience that. And that's totally fine too, but you still have that power within you. And I think that it's such a seat of power and intuition within us. And we walk around on a daily basis, I think very much forgetting that or not energetically even tuning into that part of our bodies. Like for a long time, I think I wasn't even in tune with that area within me. So how can we start reigniting that fire energy, that powerful, dynamic, divine feminine energy within us without needing to get pregnant and realize what a freaking powerhouse we all are? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: You know, it's actually so simple. It's just what I just mentioned to become aware of it, that this is an organ. The womb is an organ that we really are ignoring. You know, we're not really like paying attention to our womb. We're paying attention to other organs in our bodies or cleansings and the liver and Mm. the stomach and I don't know what. But the womb is really so like, wow, we're like ignoring it. So just the acknowledgement of that and then really sitting at the earth. And have the energy of the urge just come through your yoni into your womb and, and connect and put your hands on your womb. And every time I ask a woman, put your hands on your womb and just ask what it is that I need right now. Every woman gets an answer. Mm. Every woman has that intuition. Every woman has that knowledge in her. And it's just that moment. It could be five minutes. It could be two minutes. It doesn't have to be a whole journey of weeks and months. And, you know, it's just that moment just to check in with your womb.
1: Mm. To drop in, to connect. Yeah. That's it already right there. And I I talk to a lot of, um, there's a lot of listeners on here who are business owners or who are female entrepreneurs. and. I'm really passionate about this idea of us bringing both our feminine and our masculine energies into our businesses. And I think we can lean more heavily on one than the other. Sometimes it's very much leaning on our masculine of systems and strategies and doing and and sometimes forcing and pushing. And then sometimes really more on our feminine. I just want to sit back and I just want to be in my flow and I just want to be in my ease. Both are great and both are necessary. But... I'm really curious if you have any tips or tools about how we can bring both of those energies mm-hmm. and interweave those into our business, into our lives, just in our day-to-day practices, mm-hmm. because I hear from clients a lot, like, "Oh, well, I feel like I'm just constantly in my masculine. And I'm like, okay, so we can bring some practices maybe into them remembering their creativity and then remembering their feminine flow. I'm just curious what your perspective is on that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just a, such an interesting phenomenon. and A lot of women say, I feel I'm so much of my masculine because mm. if I look at them, it's like, you look very feminine, but you're yeah. really masculine. And maybe it's also a little bit of a misinterpretation sometimes of what masculine really means because masculine means yeah. creating a safe container and creating yes. a container for the woman that she feels held. so. Not necessarily. Just because I'm like on a go and I do a gazillion things does not necessarily mean that I am in my mask. And because women as well, even being in their feminine, we cook and clean and take care of the kids and they're running around. So we're like pretty much on a go. So if even if you look like into, yeah, less developed countries, you still see what there where people are less developed but then developed in a way like more in-line. I always want to say the less developed countries are more in-line countries. So if you look at women over there that live in tribes, they also on a go all day. They make sure that, you know, the family's taking care of, the husband's taken care of, the kids are taking care of, the whole tribe's taken care of. So they yeah. do a lot of things. So that does not mean that they're in a masculine. It just means that yeah. it is we're nurturing. So nurturing means we're doing something all day long. If you look at mother earth, she's always busy. Mother earth. Is always- <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> she's not sitting there and doing nothing, you know? So just because we're always busy doesn't mean that we're in our masculine yeah, necessarily, you know? So I always want to, f- uh, that's the first thing I feel like I have to tell women, it's like you need to stop thinking that you're so not aligned with your feminine because that creates separation in your mind. Yeah. And then the other thing is embracing that feminine. So yes, absolutely. Like I catch myself sometimes, I do not work many times in a month, many times a month. I'm resting. I'm going to the ocean. I'm cooking. I'm taking care of my kids, which I understand is resting, which is really not resting. But <laughs> society-wise, it's understood as resting, right? I'm more at home and I go and do a flower prayer. And then I catch myself feeling bad about it. It's like, oh, I feel guilty that I'm not making money and running around and creating something new. And, you know, so that... Embracing my resting Natalie that just doesn't want to do anything today. And it's just be. And I feel this is something that most women don't really get because we're so Mm -hmm. caught up in bill paying or just in our belief system right we're we're caught up in believing that this is what we have to do and when we don't do anything we feel guilty it's like oh my god i've been laying down for three hours (gasps) my kids are hungry my husband is hungry i have to go somewhere i have to do this i have to do that you know so or just saying, hey, you know what? This weekend, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to mm. be laying down and listen to podcasts, and I'm not feeling guilty about it. And I'm getting a massage and just embracing that. I think that's a big task for a lot of women.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad I asked you this question because I'm like nodding along to everything that you were <laughs> saying. <laughs> it's just, it's just such an important topic for us to talk about as women. Yep, and I think you're you're right. I think. I'm wondering now if it's not so much that we lean more on masculine or we lean more on feminine. Maybe it's our ideas around what both of those mean, but also the guilt that comes with it. So maybe mm-hmm. it's not that you're not in your feminine. It's that when you are in your feminine, whatever, and we all have masculine feminine. We shouldn't even apply gender to it, but it's just the different. Ideas of what those mean, so when we are resting or being or in our flow and our creativity, we feel guilty about it, and that's what drags us maybe more into the pushing and into the forcing. <laughs> totally. But then think about it. I've never seen a man watching Netflix feeling guilty. Never, my husband. You cannot tell my husband that he is. I'm picturing him right now with a bowl of popcorn watching NBA basketball. <laughs> he does not experience any guilt
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what it is is what i'm saying like our nature the woman's nature is to be busy it's Mm -hmm. our nature it really is and 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 we feel guilty (laughs) anyways it's just a funny topic with Mm -hmm. with men and women but it's also I guess education you know men like oh I worked hard so now I deserve my rest and then women's like oh I worked hard but I have to work harder because I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of wounds like just generational wounds of Mm -hmm. how we were raised and our history of the female lineage overall you know is just guilt there's a lot of guilt in our lineages
1: I just wanted to press pause for a moment to let you know that I have created a very powerful free money magnet bootcamp for you that you can access right away. This is a three-part video series that's going to support you in really uncovering what your money mindset blocks are and bringing awareness to those hidden money blocks so that you know what you need to do in order to break free from them. And step into a new level of wealth and abundance. I break it all down and bring so much juicy awareness to your inner subconscious beliefs around money during this three-part video series, and you can access it and dive straight in immediately when you hit on the link below in the show notes that say, join my free Money Magnet Bootcamp. I'm really excited to support you in there. In your work with womb healing and working probably one-to-one with women, do you find a lot of generational healing comes up or generational trauma comes up to be healed from the body? Always,
0: always. It's either an energetic thing or it really comes from the family. It's like, okay, look at your mom. And then there's a certain answer. Okay, look at your grandmother. Oh, same thing. Okay, now look at the whole lineage. It's like what the heck is the whole lineage? You know, Mm -hmm. we like just been passing it on and we need to stop it today. And sometimes it just takes the acknowledgement of it to be able to actually change it. It's like realizing, oh, that's what it is. Okay, let me change it from now on. And this is how we can change the pattern.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very aware of that, obviously, as I'm creating another generation Mm -hmm. um, that we have the power to break free from that. And I think that that requires us getting really honest with what that lineage is. Mm-hmm. So in your work, is that um, something that comes up in their visualizations? Is that something that they discuss with you? Is that something that just um, awareness comes up when they start journaling on it? And and how could they start releasing that from the body? Because I, I believe sometimes it's not even something that's in the mind. It's something that actually we're storing physically. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it comes up in very different ways. Sometimes it just comes up in
0: a conversation. Sometimes it comes up when I guide you through a certain meditation or through theta healing,
1: Mm. where we
0: like work the subconscious, It, it just comes up from a situation. And then I ask, okay, has that happened before? It's like, yeah, it has. And then when was, oh my God, it has happened so and so many times. And, you know, so it depends the way it shows up First, how does it manifest? Yes, it most of the time manifests in the body. That's the problem. Most of the time, it actually does manifest in the womb. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it doesn't have to be something crazy. It could just be something minor. Or it manifests in your sexuality, in the choice of your partners, or in the way you are having sex and how you feel when you have sex. It's crazy how much manifestation is in there. But uh, but then, because we don't really talk about it, it's it's a topic that we never really address. And it's like, then when I look at it and I recognize, oh, wow, this is the way I have sex and this is what I've been doing it all my life, but it's actually not what I want. And so why am I doing this? And then all these things come up. oh, I do it because my mom or my dad did or said this and that and because of this I started having that pattern or because of my ex-boyfriend that you had for two weeks and you made like mm-hmm. some some comment you know everything changed for you so yeah so it does manifest a lot in the physical body and then also it's directly connected most of the time to the heart and the stomach so it's like kind of all these chakras in the torso they're all somewhat connected and going up then onto also the throat and talking about it and being able to actually verbalize it
1: yeah wow that's so powerful I also just want to highlight something that you said about the masculine container because you defined it so beautifully and that's exactly what I agree with and that I'm trying to support the women in my tribes and my masterminds, and seeing is that it's not that you need to be in your masculine, it's that the masculine is the part of you that is being held. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also really important in business because your systems and your stretches and the way that you manage your business, that could be seen as your masculine energy. And it's just as fundamental in having that in place because it's allowing you to be held to be in your creativity and to be mm-hmm. in your flow. Do you find that even in your own business?
0: Well, I don't want to say that I find it like that because I love to create and the things, how I do them. So now the masking container itself doesn't have to be there in order to create what I've been created. But what I do notice about myself is when I have a masking energy in my home, my energy calms down mm-hmm. so even if, if that masculine energy is not doing anything and just watching tv <laughs> my energy does calm down and there's a certain sense of safety inside of me but that's also just because of what i learned about the masculine. there's a lot of women that say i don't feel safe than the masculine around me and that's more, oftentimes when they were like sexually abused or where there's other traumas which i have not experienced like in, in mm. that sense. I have, I have experienced abuse, but not in that, in that traumatic form of childhood mm. abuse and stuff like that. Um, but I, what I do notice is when the male energy is around you as a woman, you become busier. You know what you start doing? You start getting your hair done, your nails done, mm. you start cooking, you start cleaning. Like it, it comes out of you, that busyness, that nurturing comes out of you just because the male energy is present. So now we have an imbalance, and this is when it happens, we're like, oh, you never do anything and I do everything, ah, you know. But it's most of the time just because one of the um, partners is not holding the container in the in the in the space that they should be holding it. Mm. And that's when all these discussions come in, and that's when a lot of people come to my retreats. It's like, okay, we have too many discussions in my home. We want to heal
1: that. (laughs) Like what? What would come up in that when they're out of balance in that way? Things like that, that you're fighting a lot, that you're pointing fingers at lot, that he Mm. does always
0: and she's always doing this and that, or that you don't, your sex life goes really, really bad Mm. because you don't really have attraction anymore. Or um, it feels off. They feel like they may want to get separated or they feel they, they need something else in their lives. or feel uninspired and just not feeling safe anymore in their partnership.
1: Mm, because yeah. they're not taking the roles that both of them can play within that relationship.
0: Yeah, they're not taking the roles and also they don't know how to resolve it. Mm. how do I resolve conflict when there's so many things? Just imagine you're married and you have children and you have a household and you have the financial struggle and there's so many things that just add up where like, you come to a point where you're so disconnected from yourself. How are you going to connect to your partner in that moment? You know, like mm. What are the tools that you can do like on a daily to connect and to make that container safe again for both?
1: Mm. And it sounds like they both need healing as well. Oh, it's like looking at your inner self first. Yeah.
0: Because a lot of men also feel unsafe. It's not only women. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of men and there's a lot of women that really need to align. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a lot of clients It's like, my wife doesn't want to do this and this and that. And she doesn't resonate with these things. And so it's it, it, it really goes both ways. I mean, we can say overall that women are more willing to work on themselves and awakening right now. We have a huge wave yeah. of the feminine and our poor masculine. They're like, what is going on? Everybody's empowered and nobody wants us, you know. But that's not good for men either. Men need to feel that they're needed and that they're needed in the homes and that they're the providers. We also like de-empower our men. Be like, yeah. yeah, boss babe, I got this. Don't need no man, you know. So this is not necessarily very really healthy for our men
1: either. Mm, I actually completely agree, and I think and this is definitely a dance that I do with my husband because I have a very masculine husband. Puerto Rican man (laughs) who knows himself. And I'm very feminine, but I'm also a very driven woman. I own my own business. I make my own money. But it's really important that that doesn't mean that it comes at the expense of disempowering my husband in any way. And I think, I do think in some ways we've gotten that a little bit confused. We still need the masculine and the masculine serves us in being our most empowered selves. And mm-hmm. I think there is kind of this um, narrative of we don't need men, but actually looking at it from a different perspective on how we both can balance each other and rise together. Yes, both aspects need healing. And yes, we all are rising. And yes, more feminine energy is also awakening in men, which is beautiful as well. But this idea or notion of I've got it. I can do it all myself. I don't ask for help. It's going to create friction within those dynamics. Yeah.
0: Especially when you're from Europe, <laughs> when you're a European <laughs> woman, you're like, yeah, you don't have to carry my water. I don't need you. <laughs> and then I saw the Latinas when I came to my, room, oh, can you please carry my water? And I was like, oh my God, they're so needy. But now I'm like, this is so healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you want to ask your man if he
1: can carry stuff for you. That's very good. <laughs> yeah. I I think I said this once in my, to my am like, yes, I'm an empowered woman who makes her own money, but you can still open the door for me and buy me flowers. <laughs> and treat really? me like a queen. <laughs>
0: exactly, because that's the thing. And women also oftentimes stop doing it because they think like, "Well, she got this anyway." So that's 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 when it happens, you know. And then they maybe stop working, and there's all kinds of scenarios. You're like, oh my god, what's going on? So yeah, definitely. I really love to like Asian and Latinas. Oftentimes, I see them, and not all of them, but like there's more of a energy of I see them more in the feminine, you know, and really like relying on their men and. Um, asking them for help and at the beginning i felt that was really weird and but i felt it was weird because of my own traumas right because if men have hurt me in the in the past then i don't want to give them any power right because i feel like they will take advantage of me being devoted to them so the only reason why a woman is not Devote her men, and it may trigger even the word devote may trigger some women, Mm -hmm. is because we are afraid of past traumas and repeat them and not giving our power to him because he has been abusing the power, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's not only physically stronger, but also like emotionally and mentally abuse can can abuse it. And that is a society trauma, because that comes from churches and from, you know, the church has taken away the power from the medicine women and burning them and all that. So that's a, that's a, yeah, that's societal trauma.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a difficult one to wrap our heads around as we are rising and as we are empowering ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I completely get that, but my husband uses this analogy of like, if I'm going to be the King, you're the queen. So Mm -hmm it's about me taking the role of the queen and him taking the role of the king and knowing that within that, he has certain aspects that he can perform stronger. And I have certain aspects that I can perform stronger and knowing those roles. And I think sometimes I forget to take my queen role. And he Mm -hmm. reminds me, he's like, are you wearing your crown right now? I'm like, no okay I'm gonna put the crown back on
0: <laughs> no, I'm always thinking about that movie run um is that what was it called English run with the wolves with Kevin Costner
1: okay yeah yeah
0: so I don't know if you remember there's a scene in it where um there's this tribe leader and there's his wife and she goes at night when they're laying in the tent when they're almost sleeping she talks to him and she tells him hey think about this and this this and that because the men oftentimes don't have that emotional intelligence but they lead the tribe Mm -hmm. and then there's the woman that brings in in her flowy beautiful way her wisdom because we hold that wisdom right it comes from our womb so she injects basically the wisdom in a a good moment so he can kind of reflect and then be a better leader Mm -hmm. so I always think about that scenario and I think about the ideal um, feminine masculine dynamic that's just a beautiful thing but we we have forgotten a lot about that and our younger generations i mean i'm I'm a mother of three and i look at my kids and oh my god there's no consciousness about it you know if i look at tiktok and all that but um that is a traditional way and it's to me the beauty way to go and i may be conservative when it comes to that but i really I really
1: resonate with it, you know? No, I love your honesty around it because I, I think we aren't really talking about that. And I think there's a lot more to be said about it, but that's a beautiful way of diving into it. And, and I'm curious because you are a mother of three. I believe you have two sons, right? Mm-hmm. How does that affect you and, and how you're, you're raising them and and your journey as well, being a mother and, and somebody who's so passionate about energetic liberation and and masculine feminine energies?
0: I have two sons and one daughter. So my little one is a daughter. It's been a journey. You know, my son's now going into teenager years and I'm much harder on myself because I'm raising teenagers now because before they were just little kids and they do whatever you say. But now they're men, you know, and they are surrounded by girls and they're on TikTok and with friends and they they're just in this world where I'm like oh my god what is going on you know so and I also see the girls in their age like how they hold themselves and how lost they are you know and I'm sure that I was like that as well to a certain degree when I was younger I just didn't see it right because when you're young you think you have it all figured out but I I do teach my children a lot I mean they they see my teachings, they're even on my Instagram. So my kids, my boys, they know know all the stuff that I post. So I know that they look through that even if they don't mention anything we have a very healthy relationship to sexuality that I can say, we really talk about anything and any questions that they have, even if it's sometimes awkward for them. So it's not like, hi mom," it's just a normal thing in the world. It's like, you know, I have to ask them and it's like, this is so awkward, mom, but okay, I'm just going to say it, you know? Wow, so- <laughs> I
1: love that They'll actually ask you though. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, sometimes I gotta ask, so I get, I get an answer, but, um, Yeah. And and just I teach them what I can, you know, is it going to prevent them from doing their own journey and mistakes, so to say? It's like, no, it won't. You know, I know that they are also being on porns and watching TikToks with all these young girls with their butts out and stuff. So that's just the world they live in. But I do my best to teach them also another way. And I know at one point, maybe not right now, but at one point it will it will come back, you know, and they will think about all the things that I've been doing. So, and that's where where we're at right now, but single motherhood has been a challenging journey. It's not easy. And, um, I know people always say, oh, it's so beautiful and you should just love your kids, embrace it, but it is very hard. And I know a lot of single mothers, the degree of frustration to do it on your own is very high. The frustration of not having tribes and our men not showing up, you know, my, the father of my kids hasn't been very supportive, so neither emotionally, nor financially. So it is a very hard journey and it's not meant, it's not designed for us to be that. It is definitely not. You know, we're not designed to raise our children on our own. It's not it's not healthy for the mothers and for our children. But unfortunately, in this Western society, and I know again, going back to like less developed countries, the amazingness about that is that there's so much more family oriented, and they're actually together. And then the the richer the country gets, the more we're on our own and the higher the frustration level. And that's why we have so much mental health and issues. And our teenagers have a lot of mental health and our single moms are their mental health and their physical health is is um, not on um, their best, you know, and it it, it is a truth. And People see always, I was just like posting my story. People always say pictures think, like, oh, it's so beautiful to have children and you should be grateful. And there's, but there's another level of wow, we really don't have a big support system, you know? And that um is definitely also awesome. my prayers to create more of that now in the future, because I'm very inspired through my own journey to create more um space for single mothers because single mothers don't need necessarily a phone call and say, hey, how are you doing? Single mothers need physical support, like a physical support. It's not like a phone call or a sisterhood call once a month where we just check in or any mother. I mean, really not only single mothers, you'll see now when you get become a mother, most men don't step up as much as we expect. And I don't want to say all men, because I know amazing fathers, they do a great job, but I can say percentage-wise, there's more men that are just more laid back and we, we, we moms become very, very overwhelmed with the workload, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in the olden days, they would be raised by a tribe. The village was helping the mother yeah. and supporting the mother. And um, that is how we were Bread to breed, <laughs> and it's not only in older
0: days. You just go to yeah. Cuba or Haiti or yeah, even Puerto true. Rico.
1: Like you know, you go to the neighbors,
0: the kids are out in the street, and then just do the thing, and you don't see them until nine nine p.m. at night. Yeah. You know, but in the Western world, definitely in the city, especially in the cities, it's so individualized that it gets really, really challenging.
1: Mm. How do you remain grounded with your own practices amidst all of that? Do you have boundaries? Do you have day to day practices to keep yourself aligned and to keep yeah. your, your needs met?
0: I definitely have day to day practices. So I have my practices in the morning and the evening. And like I said, there's a lot of times that I do not work, which is my work. So working for me also means going to the ocean, cleanse myself. Putting a prayer to the earth, sitting and meditate. So that is also part, it's the most important part of my work. So I take a lot of time out for of myself. I really, really do. And I'm very religious about that. I feel like. I don't believe anymore in overworking myself and I don't believe anymore in going above and beyond. I believe in working smarter, not harder. Mm. And this is how I'm going to create. It, and that's my, that's my mantra.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I also know you were, I don't know if you still do this, but you were a postpartum doula, which is super fascinating to me. And I have a lot of UK listeners who probably don't even know what a doula, let alone a postpartum doula is. So, how does a postpartum doula support a woman in that transition? Or, or what a doula is overall. What a doula, the- doula. is in general, yeah. <laughs> My mom was like, huh, when I started telling her about having a doula. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Okay, well, doulas are birth workers. For the ones that are listening, don't know what a doula is. They're like women that come and, and, and they are with you throughout your pregnancy and help you go through it in a holistic way. And um, postpartum is after. And it's so important. Oh my God, because we lose a lot of blood in our birth. And just by losing blood flow, it can get us in a huge depression. Our hormones are changing now. We're a new mother and we have this whole, we're on a completely new schedule, sleeping schedule, daily schedule, like everything is around the baby. And we do need support. And again, like if you live in a tribe, obviously you have all the elders there and they can help you but if you're by yourself or maybe with your husband and you don't have a lot of family around that can be with you on a daily then you definitely should um should look out for a postpartum doula because she makes sure that your milk is coming in right because in Western medicine, most pediatricians will tell you, oh, just give them formulas that really like disconnect you from actually how you, how you should have your baby. So a, a postpartum doula or a doula overall helps you to stay aligned with the elements and trust that your body can do it so postpartum is also wound massages, making sure that your belly goes back right, that your skin is going to be okay, that you're taking care of with soups and herbs and teas. And um, some postpartum doulas even help you with changing diapers or stay a little bit longer with your babies you can sleep and she helps you with your milk if it doesn't come out right or the pumping or the, your your nipples get infected and oh my god there's so many things or when you had a C second, the wound is not really healing and and the bleeding you know how to because you're going to be bleeding after there's so many things that women go through and she's, she's just going to be a physical and emotional support for you on all
1: levels Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, what made you passionate about going into being a postpartum doula?
0: It was because I didn't had a doula or any any help when I went through my pregnancy. So I was in my pregnancies living in domestic violence and it was a lot of, it was more emotional abuse than physical abuse. There was also a bit physical abuse, especially my first two pregnancies. My last one was much better, and I didn't have anybody. And I was in a huge depression, and my body, till the day, has a lot of deficiencies because of all these years doing it on my own. So I always wanted to like support women because I know there's a lot of sisters out there that have a similar path like me and then they need somebody. So I learned a lot. I actually healed a lot in my postpartum doula training. I healed a lot because I recognized a lot of things about how I went through birth because when you're in birth, you're just in 911 mode and you're just like going through it. But then later you're like, oh my God, this happened to me and this and this, this and that. And I really understood my body and my thoughts and the way how everything unfolded for me, I really understood it much better. And I actually,
1: I also gave myself so much more credit for what my body has been through. Yeah. And there's something coming up for me, I think, and and I I even have to remind myself this, even though I teach this, is like telling women it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I think that we think we have to do it all ourselves or we have to look like we're doing it all of ourselves and it's easy and we're just flowing through it and behind the scenes scrambling. Mm -hmm. It's okay. If you want to ask for help, it's okay to hire help. It's okay Mm -hmm. to have a support system around you. Don't feel guilty for that.
0: Oh, just being a mother and giving birth should be enough. You don't have yeah. to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't have to feel good that you that you want to be on the couch and not cook. Like, yeah. no, you should not. You should be just laying there and looking pretty and your postpartum glow. That's all <laughs> you gotta do. Yeah. You know, so that's enough. And and we're like, oh, even us like. Us women, we're like looking at another woman. She's not doing anything. She has a husband and maintains her, and she's not doing anything. You know, she's just looking pretty and 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 living her best life. And we judge that, mm-hmm. right? But, and she's just owning it, and she because she deserves it. So
1: we deserve everything. We're giving birth to life. So we deserve it. Yes, absolutely. And if for some reason somebody maybe can't afford or find a postpartum doula, what maybe are one or two or three things that they could express to people that are around them, their mother, their husband, maybe a friend Mm -hmm. to support them through that time and support themselves?
0: Well, there's always going to be doulas that work with you. So if you cannot afford it or if it's really hard for you, you can always call them because a lot of them like myself, right? I went through a lot of things. So a lot of them are really... Um, willing to work with you, mm. but definitely, yeah. Have your if you have a good relationship to your mother or your mother in law or to your sister, have them come for the first yeah. two three months. Yeah. Mine's you know, coming
1: for three months. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, have
0: them stay with you. You know, yeah. so she can clean and cook and do it, do everything and help you out a little bit. So, absolutely, yeah.
1: Well, this has been a joy to talk to you. You have such a beautiful, vibrant energy. Before I say goodbye, is there one thing or one message on your heart that you would love to share with women around the world?
0: I always want to share to women, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. We waste so much time in the wrong marriage, in the wrong relationship, with the wrong people, with the wrong men, or if you're like uh, in the same-sex relationship with the wrong partner, we waste so much time. And I know there's not such thing as time wasting. You know, there's always some a learning pattern in it, but you could make so much more better decisions for yourself if you own that more and just stand in your power and say, I just want to have fun and live my best life and be that wild woman that's in me. What's holding you back for so many years to really be that wild woman that wants to, I don't know, go out and dance or sing or make arts or have sex with multiple partners? Whatever it is, you know, we hold each other back so much from being this beautiful, divine, wild, free energy that originally men love so much. And some men are intimidated by it, but it's because they are intimidated by themselves and they haven't figured out themselves. But if you're truly in your power and you live that wildness in you and nobody can cage you, that's when the real woman comes out of you. And we just need more of these women in this world. So yeah, that's always my encouragement to not be afraid of living your best life.
1: Not being afraid of living your best life. I freaking love that. What a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us today. Oh, and before we go to go, where can everyone connect with you? Where can everyone learn more about you? Yes, you can connect me on Instagram, which is Dr. Natalie
0: Henridge. Natalie with th or over facebook natalie henrich on my website nataliehenrich.com so yeah you'll find me you can yeah. even
1: google natalie henrich and i come up so perfect and we'll drop the links to that in the show notes below so they can all find them thank you so much natalie thank you helena have a good day many blessings if you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.